Hello and welcome to The Widow Podcast. I am your host, Karen Sutton, The Widow Coach. I am a widow, a mum, a health coach, a life coach and grief coach. I want to help you see that you really can create something truly meaningful after loss. You have everything you need within you and I want to help you find it so you can see how capable and amazing you really are. Helping you find a more positive way through your grief. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Widow Podcast. It's so lovely to have you here again and I so appreciate you taking the time to listen. I do hope that they are helping you find your way in your journey and if they are, share them, like them, comment on them because it allows me to reach more people helping other widows, widowers and surviving partners navigate their way through through their loss. Because as we all know, it's, it's a very difficult and very lonely journey. And there's not a lot of support out there. So if it's helping you, then spread the word. In this episode today, I want to talk about guilt. And this is a huge topic absolutely huge something that I could talk about probably for hours something that I do talk about most days because it is the unwanted constant companion of grief I have rarely met someone I can't think that there is anyone that I have worked with that hasn't felt any guilt of any kind. And we feel guilt for so much. We feel guilt for the things we did do and for the things we didn't do, for the things that we said and the things that we didn't say. We feel guilty because we didn't do enough. We weren't enough. We feel guilty for surviving, for being here, for our lives. We feel guilty for wanting to create something normal. We feel guilty for grieving and feeling sad. And then we feel guilty for feeling happy and finding some joy in our journey. It's it's relentless. And it's something that we continually beat ourselves up for. And we attach these stories to our reality. And there's so many shoulda, woulda, couldas around it, isn't there? And it's hard. It's really hard to navigate that, to work our way through all of that, amongst everything else. Because remember, you know, grief isn't one dimensional. Um, It it isn't kind of a step by step process. Grief is like an umbrella term for every single kind of feeling, emotion and thought that you could possibly have that all comes under this one umbrella term of grief. It's huge, you know, and why we don't understand it better than we do, I have no idea, but it's hard, right? You, You know, somebody you love dies, somebody significant in your world dies. How on earth are we supposed to process that? How do we make sense of that? We can't sometimes. Good people are taken cruelly 
and sadly and tragically. And, and how do we process that and understand that actually it was out of our control? There was absolutely nothing we could do about it. And this is where guilt comes in because it's very hard for us as human beings to understand that the world is unpredictable and chaotic. And we have very little control over what happens specifically when we die. We have no idea. We don't know when our time's up, when our loved one's times are up. We, even when you know someone is dying from a terminal illness, you don't know exactly when, when that will happen. So we would rather, in order to give ourselves a, 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 a belief that we have some control over that, that we are able to, to kind of determine the, the order in, in, in which these things happen. Guilt allows us to feel that. So we would rather feel guilt than we would accept the fact that we have no control over any of it because that's really hard for us as human beings to understand that we have no control. And it, and it makes so much sense when you look at our lives. We, we like certainty. We like routine. We like structure. We know what's going to happen next. And, and this is why it's so hard when we lose our life partners, because we thought we had certainty. We thought our lives were set up. We thought we were going to go on these holidays, create these memories, buy this house, do have this car, get that holiday home, travel the world look after the grandchildren and and just grow old together that's that's our plan right and when that doesn't happen we are thrown into a crazy chaotic unknown scary very scary world so again it all comes down to kind of not knowing and not understanding and not feeling like you have any control and allowing our brains to process that and understand that can feel can feel tough, can feel heavy. So this is often why we will attach guilt to it, because it, it gives us a, a sense of, of power, maybe. But, you know, in time, the guilt will subside. It's a very natural, very common, very normal, whatever normal means, companion in grief is it it shows up for us a lot but it will subside but there's ways of managing it and working through it that will allow us to to get past the guilt and and understand how maybe we are adding more suffering to our to our grief to our journey than we need to and notice as you know, wherever you are in your journey, you may only be a few weeks, few months in, you may be years in, but the stories that you attach to your loss will change along the way. And, and this, this is something that you can't necessarily see at the beginning because we repeat these stories, we repeat them over and over and they, they become hardwired in our brain. As, as David Kessler rightly says, neurons, 
that's fire together, wire together. It becomes your truth. And we, we become very committed to our stories and, and they become our truth. And, and it's noticing what stories you're, you're telling yourself and, and allowing ourselves to be open to different stories. Again, this takes time, this takes acknowledgement. This is something that I work on with, with people in my groups and, and in my one-to-one coaching because you know it's that self-awareness that really allows us to, to make the changes to help us reduce our suffering and, and find our way through in a more positive way. So when you're talking to somebody about your grief and your guilt, the, the natural response from someone will be, don't be so silly. It wasn't your fault. You can't blame yourself. That's ridiculous. Um, you know, don't think like that. They wouldn't want you to feel that. And, and that's all, all good and well, you, you know, and, and they're right. They're, they're right. You know, they're not saying anything wrong. But what tends to happen when we're kind of met with, with that, we tend to stop talking about what's showing up for us and, and, and the guilt that we're feeling, that, that we're attaching. And when we keep it in, we stop talking to people. So we keep it all in. We keep our stories in. We create shame around it. And when we create shame around our, our guilt and, and our feelings and our emotions, we then aren't able to kind of move forward through it. We're carrying it around and it's really heavy and it keeps us stuck where we are because we're not able to work through it. And, and this is, you know, so important that we work through everything that shows up for us. That You're not doing anything wrong. That there, there is no right or wrong. It's acknowledging and accepting your truth, your reality, and becoming curious about it, exploring it, sharing it with people that understand. Um, and, and this is, again, why I just love bringing people together, because, you know, somebody will say something they feel guilty about it and it resonates with someone else. And, you know, it kind of normalizes it for you. It, it makes you feel like you're going less mad. So, you know, find your people, find ways of, of sharing what's going on for you so that you can start to reduce the, the shame because we have to learn to release it. You, you know, shame requires secrecy in order to survive. So if, if we don't build those walls up around it and keep it in, we are able to work through it. So guilt comes in in, in many ways. And, and, and often what people feel guilty for is, is how they were towards their person before they died, whether it was a sudden death or, or an illness. Um, we look back and hindsight is a wonderful thing, right? <laughs> it is a wonderful thing. And, if, and used in the right way, we can learn so much about ourselves and life and, and what we desire and how we want to behave and the choices that we make. But often we use hindsight as a way to punish ourselves to criticize and judge ourselves. We look back and we notice all the things that we think we didn't do well enough, that we didn't do at all, that we could have done better. And, and we beat ourselves up for it, that, that guilt, you know? And it's remembering that hindsight is a wonderful thing used in the right way, but at the time you were doing the best that you could with the knowledge and the resources that you had. 
You didn't know what was going to happen next. You cannot predict the future. None of us can. You know, if, if we could predict the future, if we could prevent people from dying with our actions, God, what a, well, wonderful, but very full world we would live in. Um, we, we don't have that ability. We will never have that ability. And acknowledging that allows us to see that maybe sometimes the stories we're telling ourselves aren't true. And that's hard because when we have to challenge our stories, we don't like it. It makes us feel comfortable. We become attached to our stories. They become our truth. But if we can open our minds to the, to the possibility that the stories that you've attached yourself to might not be 100% true, you are going to help yourself on your healing journey tremendously. Because it's, it's that ability to, to change the narrative that allows us to, to change the direction that we go down, you know, the, the paths that, that, we, that we travel. And I, I get it, you know, we want to go back and we want to have a different outcome. You know, we, we want to change what happened. And, and what we tend to do is, is we, we go back and we kind of think, well, if I'd done this or I'd done that, he would have lived. She would have survived. It would have been okay. We would have had longer. We'd have been able to do this. We wouldn't have had that argument. And, and we, we kind of, again, it's believing that we had some power over the outcome, that maybe we had a part to play in what happened next. But what if you didn't? What if you'd still done some, what if you had done something differently? Okay, so you could go back, you could do that thing that you wished you had or hadn't done or changed it, but you still had the same outcome, you know? So it's kind of changing that kind of what if, what if I'd done this? What if I'd done that? And it had been a better outcome to even if, even if I hadn't gone away, even if. I hadn't given that medicine, even if I hadn't fallen asleep, even if I hadn't said those wrong words, it still would have ended up the same way that it did end. And again, that's, that's sometimes hard for us to accept and acknowledge, but it's important because it's asking yourself, is the story you're telling yourself true, you know? If, you know, you had changed the events running up to their death, would it be any different? Do you know that for a fact? You know, that they, they say, don't they, like, for something to be a truth, you have to be able to repeat it over and over again and, and, and it have the same outcome. And, and that's often not, not the way, is it? And also, what we do is we focus on that one thing. So if you've been caring for somebody that has been ill for a long time, I have absolutely no doubt in my mind that you have done so much for them. You have made them feel so safe and so loved and so cared for. You have fought for them. You have cared for them in the most wonderful way. But you, you're not focusing on that. You're not remembering that because you're too busy thinking about those one, two, three, maybe things that you think weren't that great. 
Maybe you gave the medicine a bit late. Maybe you swore at them because you became frustrated. Maybe you weren't there when when they were calling for you immediately. But, you know, there, there's so many scenarios in, in these situations. I, I know and I, I can't cover them all. But, you, you know, it's it's kind of our brains have that natural negative bias. So we're always going to head in that direction. We're always going to think about the things that we've done wrong or that we didn't do well enough or that we missed completely. And we're forgetting all the wonderful things that we did do and the wonderful ways that we did care for our person because, because you did, you did so much, you know, and, and think about that. You know, we have to notice where we're focusing our attention in, in our journey. Because that, that, again, will guide you into, you know, the, the, the road that you are going to be going down. We have choices. And it doesn't feel like you have choices. And, and I've talked about our choices a lot in, in, a, in a previous episode. But we, we do have a lot of choices. And one of the biggest choices we have is allowing the thoughts that we want to focus on, that we want to grow. So if you notice the thoughts coming into your mind are causing you discomfort and pain and and creating guilt and shame, ask yourself the question, is it true? Is this fact? Is there another way I can think about this that will allow me to feel better about it? Acknowledging that you didn't have full control over the situation in the first place. It was way beyond your level of control. Recognizing that you did your absolute best in that moment. It's normal. It's common. It's okay to feel the guilt. Work through it. Talk about it. But don't let it keep you in a place of discomfort. Doing that to ourselves achieves so little all it achieves is is our own suffering and for what purpose we have to ask ourselves why why would we do that to ourselves we've all done it you know and and even now you know for me nearly five and a half years in there's there's still I still have my moments where I start to feel guilty for for certain things, maybe how I was in my relationship with Simon or or the situation I find myself in now or the the feelings that show up for me now. I'm still still working through it. And there's still things that come up for me that I feel guilty about and and that I kind of, Mm -hmm. I have to learn to share with people. And it's difficult. It's difficult doing it for that first time. It's less difficult doing it the second time and it's even less difficult doing it the third time but you you have to do it because it brings things up in you and it invites you to explore your truth to explore your thoughts and your feelings and and what's going on and by doing that we're able to work through it by acknowledging it and, and kind of reminding ourselves that we, we had little control over the events that got us to this point, but we have a choice in where we focus our, our thoughts and our attention and what we allow ourselves to believe. And that's where the power is. And, and sometimes we use guilt as a distraction of, to face our grief because it's, it's so painful, isn't it? You know, sitting in that is awful. 
absolutely awful. And and sometimes that the guilts and the stories that we tell ourselves and, and kind of personalizing it almost helps us to avoid the pain of, of, of sitting in it. And that again is, is something that we need to be aware of. Are you spending enough time with your pain to allow it to be, you know, we, we have to feel it to heal it. And I know you've heard that a lot, but you know, it's, it's so true. We just don't know how to feel it sometimes. And it's easier to distract ourselves with other things, you know, things that make us feel like we have some, some kind of control <laughs> over it. Um, and, you know, and there's, there's, the guilt around wanting to find a new way of wanting to feel better in our journey can be huge. Holding on to pain can sometimes serve a purpose, you know? And, and if you start to feel better, and if you start to find joy and love and you, you, you notice the lessons and, you know, maybe you've had a day where you're like, I still think about them, but I haven't pined for them today. I haven't ached for them. I've, I've kind of been okay. I've had a good day. Does that mean I don't love them anymore? Does that mean I, I don't miss her and I don't grieve for her? No. <laughs> Again, it's the meaning that you're attaching to these stories that are causing you the discomfort and making you feel guilty. And we can change that narrative. And, you know, for me, when I was, you know, rebuilding my life after Simon died, of course, that, that guilt would show up for me. And I think, oh, he's not here. And I can't, I can't feel this joy and this happiness. It's not fair. And he should be here. And am I being disloyal? And does this mean I don't love him anymore? And I did become quite attached to the pain. I, I, I kind of was like, I quite like it. I quite like it because that means the love is still there. As my journey has gone on and, and that, you know, I've been able to remember with more love than pain, that has been an uncomfortable process. But again, it's reminding myself that just because it doesn't hurt as much as it used to and it's not as raw, that doesn't mean I don't, I don't love Simon anymore. That doesn't mean I don't think about him every single day. That doesn't mean I'm not grateful to him for everything that he gave me in his life, which was so much you know that it doesn't it doesn't take anything away from you living your life doesn't take anything away from you it doesn't diminish your love or your loss and you have to keep repeating that to yourself you are not being disloyal you are not doing anything wrong and i i you know i i, I get it i get it the familiarity the, the familiarity of our pain can be more comfortable than facing the unknown world we've got to go out and live in because our brain likes what it knows and 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 the pain eventually becomes familiar and 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 as much as it's horrible and it's uncomfortable there's a safeness in it and having to step out of that and into a world that is huge and we feel vulnerable in it's scary so is it easier maybe to, to kind of sit in the pain for longer than we need to so that we don't have to go out and face that big wide open world? 
So acknowledge that, that guilt and grief is common and it's normal, you, you know, allow it, accept it. We have to process the guilt. And, you know, it's an easy place to go to when trying to deal with the helplessness that, that we can feel around loss. Absolutely, it is. Um, and, and it can be a way to, to not feel the sadness. But, you know, underneath that guilt and, and sometimes the, the anger that you feel is the pain. And it's the, it's the pain that we have to work through. To, to allow us to, to take our, our next steps forward, forward, you know. Ask yourself if it is rational. Now, it's not silly. Your, your guilt isn't silly, but is it rational? And it's so important to kind of ask yourself that question because it, it, it may well be irrational but it's allowing yourself to open up to the, to the possibility of that. Talk about it, you know, grief must be witnessed as, as well as guilt, you know, talk, share, connect, journal, whatever it is you need to do, let it out. Remember what we resist persists. We have to learn to, to talk about it. And what was wonderful in one of my groups, actually, we were talking about group and I had, you know, there was about seven or eight ladies in the group, but we were talking about getting one, one lady, her, her husband, um, they, they had to make the decision to turn off the life support. And in that, she decided that, that she wasn't going to be there. She was going to stay at home with her children um, because she believed he'd already gone. You know, he wasn't there anyway. He'd been kept alive by machines and she wanted to, to be at home with her children. But she beats herself up for this. You know, she gives herself a, a really hard time for doing this and, and, it, and it eats away her. She gets incredibly upset and it's really hard for her to talk about. And she was talking about her guilt and how it shows up for her and how she wishes she changed it. And, and the, the, you know, the stories that she was kind of convincing herself of for having made that choice, you know, that she'd been a, a bad wife and she hadn't been there for him. And did he know she wasn't there? Did he feel alone? And all of that. In the same group, there was another lady um whose husband had been ill and um they decided he would die at home and so she was with him at home her child did not want to, to be in the room when he died so he stayed away and th this lady stayed with her husband whilst he died so she did that she was there she made that choice she still carried guilt she carried guilt that she wasn't with her child when the dad died. She felt guilt that she hadn't been a good enough parent, um, that she hadn't, you know, cared enough for, you know, the living, um, as opposed to, you know, her husband that was dying. And it was just a really interesting conversation that, you know, you kind of had the, the two different, choices and, and decisions that were made yet there was still guilt and that and it was such a powerful moment for both these ladies because I think they really recognized that even if they'd made a different choice and done it a different way the outcome would still have been the same but they still would have found guilt in it because they'd have felt guilty about something else 
So it, it, it's reminding yourself that actually, even if you had made that other choice, that other decision, or you'd done it differently, you would probably find something else to feel guilty for, because that's what we do. That's how we rationalize the fact that we have no control and that we feel helpless in, in these situations. So again, find, find groups, find people that you can talk to and talk about it, work through it. You know, it doesn't mean it's going to go away in that moment, but it allows you to find some peace with it and, and maybe think of it in a, in a different way. And get curious about your thoughts. Are they full of shoulda, woulda, coulda? You know, and, you know, are you imagining a different way is resulting in a, in a better outcome? Remember, change the what if to even if. Acknowledge that you were doing your absolute best at the time with the knowledge and the resources that you had. You didn't know what was going to happen next. You had no control over it. You did your best. You know, I speak to so many people that feel so awful again about what they, they didn't do or maybe a reaction that they had you know it's 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 hard work looking after someone that's dying it's hard work having a relationship with someone you know and there are many times that you know I felt guilty for how I was with my husband and you know we'd had some rough times over the years some really rough times it wasn't perfect not by any stretch what is nothing is and, and, you know, you can really kind of beat yourself up for it. But, you know, it's I, I kind of choose to take the learnings from it instead. And I choose to remember that I was a, a kinder, nicer person than I was a horrible, grumpy person. And, and not to focus on the horrible, grumpy times because we all have them. And, and you know, it's about forgiving yourself. Forgiveness is huge. And I think we have to find that forgiveness with it within ourselves to learn from it and find a way to move forward. And, and maybe it's not a forgiveness in terms of you think what you did was OK. If, if you know, if maybe and we all do it, maybe we behaved in a way that kind of goes against what we truly believe or, or our values. And we all lose our way a little bit at times. And but it's acknowledging that you're human, that you make mistakes, that you're not perfect and that you did your best. And sometimes just saying, do you know what? I'm going to forgive myself for that because I, I wasn't trying to be intentionally cruel or mean or to cause harm to anyone else. And, and learn from it and allow yourself to, to find a way to, to move through it because you can. You absolutely can. You know, we can find our, our way through these things. Notice the stories that, that you're telling yourself because they will probably be calling you, causing you a lot of a lot of harm and a, and a lot of upsets. And I know it's incredibly hard, grief and, and guilt is a huge topic um, to unpick and uncover within ourselves. And it's something that we often go quite deep in um when I'm working with people because it's very individual to everyone and, and we all have different stories and, and different meanings and that's okay you know that's absolutely okay it's, it's not that you're you're wrong or that you're you're being silly um it's it's the way it is it's the way we work as humans and I think when we understand that a little bit more it helps us to process it and to work through it 
because we can. And, and I think having that, that understanding that the guilt doesn't have to be with you forever, you, you know, it, it pops up. Absolutely. There are sting, things that still show up for me now in, in my journey. But, you know, if I can notice when those thoughts are coming in and I can notice what kind of road I'm, I'm starting to go down with it, I can I can stop them. I can go, no. I'm not doing that to myself. That doesn't that doesn't serve me. That doesn't help anything. It's reminding myself that I loved Simon, that I did my best with what I had at the time. Yes, I could have been better, but I've learned from that and I'm trying to be better now. That I, st- I still honour Simon. I still talk about him a lot. I'm doing the best that I can now with what I've got. And, and allowing myself to live without the guilt Because, do you know, yes, I have felt guilty for being here. But actually, I think if I had chosen to live my life in pain, in suffering, in guilt, I would have felt more guilty about doing that than I would choosing to live my life and go forward and find my way and find love and laughter and peace and gratitude because I think there's too many people that are not here on this earth anymore that would absolutely give anything to be here living the life that they had doing the things that they wanted to do living out their dreams and I don't know how much longer I've got you know, it's, it, it, we're not all kind of promised 90 years on this planet. So, you know, I have to go, do you know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to honour my life. I'm going to honour Simon's life and I'm going to make the best that I can out of it. Because that makes me feel better than blocking myself from living a good life out of some kind of loyalty um that I don't believe serves me um I I believe you know Simon was here he was alive he was amazing and he taught me so so much and and so sadly and tragically he's gone and I can't change that I have no power over that so I now have to honor the living I have to focus on my life, I'm alive, my, my children's lives, they're alive, and the people around me, my family and friends, and, and, and that has to kind of be at the forefront. And again, I may be a lot further on in my journey than you are. I don't know where you are in your journey. And it's, this is a process. This isn't something that you decide overnight. But, you know, I'm hoping that by me sharing what I've learned with you and parts of my journey and parts of other people's journeys, it opens your your mind and your heart to the possibility that that guilt doesn't have to be a constant reality for you. It's something that you can work through. It's something that you can find a way through so that you can allow yourself, give yourself permission to, to live a good life again. And remember that everything that you did when they were alive was enough you did your best and that was enough you are enough 
remind yourself of that every single day because it's so important and it's so true and that's where the truth is you know and we can so easily take ourselves off on these tangents of stories that possibly aren't true so I hope some of that has helped I hope it gives you a bit of insight into into guilt if if you want any more support if this is something that you are struggling with please do get in touch with me um I also just want to mention that I have a wonderful Facebook group, Widows Rising. Um, it's a free support group and it is filled with the most wonderful people. Um, widows, widowers and surviving partners all supporting each other, all sharing, all connecting. And it really is such an, a wonderful, safe, supportive space to be in. So if you're looking for something, if you're looking for some support in your journey for people that get it, you know, it's hard to find people that get it. As much as everyone's circumstances and situations are different, a lot of the thoughts and feelings we're left with afterwards are very similar. So come and find us on Facebook, Widows Rising. I would love to see you in there. And thank you for listening. It has been wonderful sharing this with you again. And I will see you on the next episode of the Widow Podcast. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening today on The Widow Podcast. If you would like to find out more about how I can help you, please visit my website, www.karensutton.co.uk. I would love to help you find your way forward to a brighter future. So get in touch, let's have a conversation and let's help you take back control and find a more positive way through your grief. I look forward to hearing from you.